a good Tuesday afternoon, SEC Football Live. Michael Bratton, Braden Gall here, of course, on the 440 Sports YouTube page, that SEC podcast. If you want to listen to us in podcast form, please go check us out. SEC Football Live everywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, you got all kinds of great stuff across both, both platforms. We will discuss that. Michael, I am so happy to be here. It's great to see your face. I'm so, so exhausted from being right all the time. So I just want to say, how are you, sir? What's going on? Oh, I'm doing good. What What are we right about today? I, I can't keep track. You're... Go Hogs, gentlemen. Uh, yes, I, I like that. Uh, so Bama is still number one in the SEC West for now. <laughs> we, Wait, we will, isn't A&M number discuss, one? We will discuss that. Could, listen, I, I, I just, I'm just preparing all of you for me to be right again about this game, but it's not the direction you think I'm going to go. So we'll get to Texas A&M and Alabama coming up. Uh, LSU Ole Miss, I said last week on the show, going to be a ridiculous shootout. Keep your eye on that one. And if they have some balance on offense, Ole Miss can win the game. Uh, And, of course, Kentucky is just better at everything than Florida. So we've got a lot to discuss. We'll find out a lot more about Devin Leary in Kentucky today on the show. But uh, should we start with Missouri just because I want to and and to make our our amazing fans happy today? Should we do that? They need more respect. I mean, they've forgotten they booed Brady Cook. That never happened. <laughs> Give him the Heisman. He's he's playing lights out. It's a fickle. It's a fickle world we live in, and you have to ride these roller coasters, man. Every week, fire the guy. We're gonna we're gonna win the chip. That's how it works in college football in the SEC. You got to ride the wave. And I've always viewed my job as to sort of like stay right here in the middle and try to just kind of be calm about all these things. Uh, but it gets more and more fun each and every week. And I've got we'll, we'll get to Georgia. What it means, we've got an SEC East potential title game. We've got an SEC West potential title game. Uh, Missouri, of course, hosting LSU in a very bizarre statistical stylistic matchup that's going to be very interesting. Tennessee gets some revenge against South Carolina. We have a ton to get to, too. But, but let's just quickly, because we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on what Vanderbilt did last week, with all due respect to the Commodores. Um, Brady Cook is playing the best football of his entire career, and I want to put this comp on the record first. And I tweeted this out at Braden Gall. Uh, Luther Burden is Stefan Diggs. Okay. I want, I want to be the first one that says it. I want to put, I want the receipts. I want to be on the record. Luther Burden plays, looks size wise, the hands, the body control. It, it is the toughness, a little bit more physical than a player of his size. He is Stefan Diggs in the NFL. And I want to say, let's go. Well, how about this? I mean, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I, I think he should be getting more Heisman love. Uh, Luther Burden, of course, I'm talking about. But um, someone posed this to me, and I thought this was great. The two best teams in the SEC might be Texas and Oklahoma, and they're playing (laughs) in the Big 12 championship. And and how awesome would it be in this weird year of college football if A&M and Missouri, former Big 12 members, played in the SEC championship? Here you I, go, overreacting. I, that's not it's not outlandish, I don't think, at this point. It's it's unlikely I get it, but uh yeah. hey, I'm ready, I'm ready for it, man. To to say that Texas AM could be really good and to and could win this weekend, we'll get to that. And to say that Missouri is already pretty good and could win a lot this week, uh, this year, I don't think that's crazy. I think to say that both win their divisions and play in Atlanta seems highly statistically improbable uh, mm-hmm. and we'll get to a lot of the matchups but I, I just want to say Brady Cook back to back to back 300 yard games Luther Burden four straight 100 yard games this is one of the most efficient offenses in the entire country you've got uh, and we'll get to Devin Leary because he's going to be a huge part of the conversation with Georgia but 
11 touchdowns, no interceptions for Brady Cook. That's number one touchdown to interception ratio, obviously. 74.5% completion percentage, number two in the conference, number four in yards, number four in yards per attempt, and number two in quarterback rating. He is playing lights out, and oh boy, have the, the chance changed <laughs> in Columbia. So just hey, hey, I'll give you credit, too. That's another one that months ago you said, keep your eye on Missouri. That's a team that's going to exceed you expectations you did too we're just gonna this is a mutual admiration society today on the show uh you guys on your show have been high on missouri we've been pretty high on missouri as well so i uh, just wanted to say congrats to missouri because we'll talk about the lsu game a little bit later on but congrats <laughs> to missouri um all right so i want to uh, let's you mentioned texas and oklahoma i think we should we all understand the value of what texas and oklahoma bring but i i just i want to share a quick story if you're all right with that because to SEC football fans, like, again, my first SEC football game, I kind of moved around a lot during as when I was a kid. And my dad used to take me to, to college games wherever we lived. So, like, I lived in Dallas and I went to a TCU game in, like, 1988 when I was, like, four. I lived in Atlanta and I'd go to a Georgia Tech game because it was close by and they could, we could get tickets. We lived in Austin. We went to Texas games. <clears throat> my first SEC game was when we moved to Tennessee and I saw Peyton Manning light up the Georgia Bulldogs in Neyland Stadium in 1996. It, I was, I, it changed my life. There's no question when you watch SEC football for the first time. But the reason I fell in love with college football is Texas, Oklahoma. I went when I was 12 years old with my dad to the Texas fair where they got fried everything. And I learned, I'm not even kidding about this, dude. I learned how to cuss at the Texas, Oklahoma <laughs> football game. We went to the game in 1994. There was a fourth down stand. It's called Stony Clark Stand. It's a very famous game. And I was like, college football forever. And I turned it into my career. And I'm not kidding. Like, I would, you would hear these FU chants from one half of the stadium <laughs> to the other half of the stadium. And I'd look at my dad as a 12 year old and be like, I don't think they're supposed to say that. And he's like, and he's like, uh, he didn't know what to do. You know, pretty strict household in my, in my upbringing. I just the value of what that rivalry me meant to me as a kid to the state of Texas and what it's going to mean to the SEC. I don't think you can overstate what it's going to be when it joins the conference next year. How many wax beers did y'all have that day? Well, I was twelve. Uh, <laughs> so just three. Then? Just, just three. <laughs> that's that's well, something I found out about this week. Wax beers. Well, how about a, a a fried stick of butter? You could you could purchase and eat a fried stick of butter. I that's got cousin Shane's name written all over. I, I don't know how long you live after eating one of those, but uh, we, we <laughs> shall we shall see. Uh, by the way, I, can't, I remember drinking like my first beer ever, like a senior in high school. I remember vomiting, like and just repainting the forest, <laughs> like with one with one beer. So it's uh, not a not a good memory for me personally. Oklahoma, Texas, it is, and they are playing great football. Texas could certainly play its way into the playoff. Oklahoma, sneaky, just keeping. They're not there yet, but just sneaky good. But just see what they see what it's all made of. If you don't watch that game, I think this year is even more interesting than before because you used to have Texas teams that were under Charlie Strong that were like five and seven, right? That would beat Oklahoma teams that were top five in the country. So like it, any truly anything can happen in that game. Did you see Sankey's going to be there? I mean, it's it's a big deal. Yes, and uh, it is a big deal. And yes, to, I think it was Joe or I think it was Joe earlier said, "Is am I wearing a strip club T shirt?" And technically, yes. <laughs> It's technically a Jason Isbell t-shirt because he writes about a fictional strip club on the Cumberland Plateau, but that's neither here nor there. But yes, we'll call it a strip club t-shirt for the sake of the show. All right, uh, get into the comments if you have questions. I just wanted to throw that Texas-Oklahoma thing out there because 
I know you guys have included them in almost all of your commentary. And it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's as good as Auburn, Alabama. It's as good as Ohio state, Michigan. It's as good as the magnet. It's as good as um, uh, uh, the egg bowl. It's as good as Clemson, South Carolina. You pick a rivalry in the sec. It's as good. Uh, and it's going to be any awesome. reason they don't play at the end of the year. Is, is it just because of that fair? It's, it happens during the Texas fair, which is, if you don't know, it has the largest, um, uh, what's the damn thing? Ferris wheel. It has the largest Ferris wheel in the world. I believe the tallest hmm. Ferris wheel in the world. And the Texas fair happens each and every year at the exact same time. So it's always been basically week six, second week of October, almost every year it's ever happened. I think so. Uh, either way, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And this year it, the stakes could not be higher this year. So uh, last one in the Big 12, welcome. Come on down <laughs> to the SEC next year. Uh, I want to talk, we'll talk Bama A&M for a big chunk of today, but <clears throat> I want to talk Georgia because I think there's a lot of conversation around Georgia. The concern about the rushing defense, I think is fair and valid. You give up over 200 yards. A lot of that came on the one Peyton Thorne <laughs> run down the sideline, which I couldn't believe I was watching. Um but I actually have a totally different takeaway from this game. Like, I think this is kind of everything you you might have wanted if you were Georgia, which is weird to say. Let me give you some numbers here. Last three drives for Carson Beck, trailing by seven on the road, 12 of 15, 205 yards and a touchdown. And I still think Brock Bowers is underrated, was dominant on those three drives, of course. I think you got everything you wanted. If you're if you're Kirby Smart, I bet you secretly at the end of the night he looked back at that that game and said, "That's going to help us be so much better down the road." Yeah, but those stats you threw out—how much of that is Carson being elite, and how much is that Brock Bowers taking over the game? I mean, he was making some incredible catches. He was making guys miss. He was breaking tackles. He he broke Auburn in that fourth quarter. So I attribute that a lot more to Brock Bowers. Uh, than Carson Beck. That's not to say Carson Beck was bad because I know he had a turnover. He did have to come back from behind. He had to make the plays when when it mattered. But uh, I sit here and watch that game, and I, you know, I still have the questions. Can he? Can they win a shootout? Now it's it's fair to ask. Will they get in a shootout because their defense is so dang good? But sure. defense got a little bit exposed, I thought, because Auburn is so limited. I mean, they had thirty five passing yards Braden deep into the third quarter this this was not uh you know some kind of like Tennessee from last year or anything like that this was this was essentially a one-trick pony they were exposing I thought some of uh, Georgia's defenders just getting trucked by uh, Jarquez Hunter time and time again I, I don't know it's it's like they were totally unprepared for an RPO which is uh you know that's been in college football for 20 years now I, I think they're unprepared for Peyton Thorne to run the RPO and it got him on one play for sure I think there are legitimate concerns about Georgia's rushing Robbie defense. Ashford got him too though I know I, I think there are legitimate concerns about Georgia's defense relative to the last two Georgia defenses they're giving up 113 yards a game rushing which is top 40 in the country. The difference is they've been at like 75 each of the last two years, like almost half that. And they were first and second. So are they as good as the last two years? The answer has been no all season. Is that going to cost them in any game against on their schedule this year? I don't know. I've been pointing that I've been pointing to that old miss game a lot longer than I think most people have. I think that's the game because you're going to be emotional after the Florida game, you come home, maybe you take a breath, maybe you don't. But I think uh, offensively, what, we, what did we talk about last week? They need to learn about Carson Beck. And I, you can say it was Bowers, and it was. He would be – I still think he's underrated. I know we got – I caught some flack for saying I think Brock Bowers is underrated. I think he is. I think he's the best player in college football, full stop, no conversation. Uh, no notes. 
I think he's the best. And I don't think he's talked about like that. But Carson Beck was 12 of 15. Only six of those went to Brock. So he made other plays as well. And again, three straight scoring drives in a hostile environment, trailing by seven. Yes, he made a bad throw. And, and that put him in that situation. But Auburn doesn't have that lead, if not for two turnovers, deep inside Georgia territory. It, it started to remind me a little bit of that Hugh Freeze Ole Miss game against Bama where they got all those turnovers and like just stayed around, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there's things to, to be concerned about if you're Georgia, but like relative to Georgia levels of concern. Uh, otherwise, I don't know, dude. I think I think you watch that game and Kirby's going to have a hellacious week of practice. He's going to scream about the tape. They're going to work on their run fits. And now he's got a little bit more confidence that his quarterback can make plays when the game's on the line. I think that's all house money for Georgia, honestly. I'm gonna throw, and I apologize. I haven't updated the uh, the Auburn score here, but you know what's interesting? I, I threw up Georgia's schedule for anybody that's not looking, uh, that's that's watching this later on audio version. But what's interesting is this schedule was mocked relentlessly, and the big games now: Kentucky, Missouri, Ole Miss, like you mentioned, all of them at home. So it yep. goes back to uh, easy. I, I'm not sitting here saying the easy schedule now because it looks much much tougher at Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't look that good to me, but uh, it, it's just funny how after all that scheduling talk, most of the key games are, are at home for Georgia this year, which no one had Kentucky, Missouri, and, and Ole Miss, all of them. At, you know, some people would, would sprinkle one or two of those, but all three as the toughest games potentially on the schedule, getting them all at home. So nice, nice break if, if you want to say that for the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, some people had Kentucky second in the East and high were high on Missouri and thought Ole Miss was really good. And Tennessee on the road is still going to be one of the hardest games that they play. But if you, if you, again, for those that have, don't have the schedule in front of you, to me, it's the it's the order that it happens. Like you got to go Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee on the road, and it's that. How much does that schedule that four week run wear on you over time? And again, how many of those teams can line up and run the football on Georgia? That that's the question. And Tennessee might actually be the best of that group if it comes to lining up and running the football on the Georgia Bulldogs. Doesn't mean I'm picking it to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose, but I would bet everything I own that, that the Georgia Bulldogs are the SEC champs at the end of the year. I just think it's kind of funny how, well, I guess I'm mocking you here, but <laughs> that's, I, that's what we do a show for big guy. Everybody, you know, it's like, well, this, this will, this is when Georgia turns it on. Cause they, cause they got run on like, this is who Georgia is. They've they've not been good all year. In my not okay, they've been good. I, I should rephrase that. They're not elite. They're not number one. And I've been saying it all year. I don't know where anybody's getting this. They're just voting them on last year. And that doesn't mean they won't win the East. Doesn't mean they won't win the SEC. Doesn't even mean that they won't win the national championship down the line. But they've not earned any of that accolades. And hell, I thought A and M put a better hurting on Auburn than than Georgia did. I, I realized that game was at Kyle Field, but. I don't understand why. I mean, we could make that argument for for every team. Oh, Kentucky, they they put a whooping on Florida, you know, and that was a toss up type game. Now they're now they really got it cooking. Oh, Tennessee, they got it right. They beat the hell out of South Carolina. They'll no. beat the hell out of every. I mean, we yeah. could do this for every team. It's just what I I don't think what you're saying is is based on what we've seen this year. I I think the difference with all those teams in Georgia is that Georgia is the two-time defending champion with five-star athletes at every single position because Kirby has recruited better than every one of those teams you're talking about. So here in my argument, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you because, again, I picked Georgia to win the East. I picked Georgia to win the SEC championship, but I did not pick them to win the national championship. My question is, who's better? Florida State's had a couple of moments where they've looked better, but they've also had a couple of moments where they didn't, just like Georgia. 
Ohio State offensively is not close to where it was last year. Notre Dame's already lost. Oregon looks pretty good. USC defensively is a question. Washington is a question defensively. Michigan looks as complete as anybody, but hasn't played a single real football game five, six weeks into the season. I, I don't, Texas is maybe the team that has gone on the road and played a legitimate defense in a legitimate hostile environment and shown up and won. They've also, Kansas is a really good team. They stomped last week. Uh, Texas is maybe the only one that I would point to and say, maybe they're playing better than Georgia, but like, I get what you're saying and I don't disagree with you, but like somebody has to be number one and nobody's been better than nobody is better at football <laughs> than Georgia right now. Well, I'm not really qualified to talk about the, all these other teams cause I only watch sec, but I would say a and M's playing better right now, more, more balanced overall football team than Georgia Bulldogs. And maybe that'll I'll look that's bad. If, if Alabama whoops them this, you know, that'll come off pretty bad. But I mean, my God, Braden, I mean, 30 tackles for loss, 14 sacks just the last two weeks. Two that, weeks. That, that defensive line is finally living up to the hype. They got all the weapons. Max Johnson looks great. Um, yeah, I, I, take it. I, I think I'd take A&M to beat Georgia. I do think Max Johnson, and we'll get to A&M and Alabama in a second because we've got a lot of stuff to say about that game. I do think Max Johnson looked the part everything you would expect out of a backup quarterback and thrown into a situation like that. He also made a couple of really bad mistakes that kind of kept the game close, but he was largely very, very good. So I, I agree. And the defensive and, line is the reason that A&M will be salty, but I don't want to, don't give away what's what we're going to talk about with the Alabama game. Don't give that you away. See, you see Andrew's comment here though. They threw up on the screen. I, I think that's critical that, that maybe even I'm overlooking, you know, Mims going down. That is, that is apparently shaken up at Georgia offensive line and, and they just, you know, they lost the battle, I thought, for, for the majority of the game against Auburn. And, and Auburn's a good team, but they're not elite. They're they're far from the best D-line, I think, that, that Georgia's going to see this year. I, I don't think it's – I mean, it, like they're not as good as the last two years. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, that's two of the most dominant back-to-back -back seasons in the history of the sport. Why would they be as good? And it still doesn't mean they're not the best. So I, I think we still got to decide. And I think to your point about Georgia's schedule, I think a lot of people mocked it. And I think one of the things we talked about on the show at media days and in the summer is that like for any other normal team in college football, that would be a difficult schedule. Kentucky's a good right. football team. Ole Miss is a good football team. Tennessee's a good football team. Florida's a good football team. Like these are these are good. These are potentially good, like <laughs> okay. seven, eight. Se some might be six win teams. Some might be seven. Some might be eight or nine. But like they're good football teams. They're not terrible. And for any other team in America, that's a fairly difficult schedule. But for a team like Georgia or an Alabama or an Ohio State, we sort of hold them to a different standard, so we kind of mock that that schedule. They're going to earn it. Uh, they're going to earn their way into the, the into the Atlanta and into the playoff. And I think they'll be there at the end. And I think Kirby, when he, he he's the rat poison is is real for Kirby. He knows how to do it. And I think he's going to look at that defensive line run fits and they're going to say, we got to fix this. Javon Bullard being back last week, missed a few plays in the open field. I think him being having another game under his belt, he's going to be even better and sort of up to speed. Uh, I don't think Kentucky, This we'll, we'll quickly talk about this game. I don't think Kentucky can do the things you need to do to beat Georgia on the road, despite the fact that Mark Stoops has been pretty damn good in this game. 16 to 6 last year, 30 to 13 in Athens two years ago, 14 to 3 the year before that. They have figured out a way to make it a low scoring, ugly football game. And if they do that again, I don't think they can rely on the running game and the defense. Devin Leary has to do something. 
in the game to win. And he, he statistically has been the opposite of Brady cook. He is, you know, 13th in the sec in completion percentage, 10th in yards per attempt, 10th in quarterback rating, 10th in yards per game. He hasn't done it yet for Kentucky. Right. Do you know who has the best offensive and defensive scoring efficiency in the sec just this season? Based what well, you have to give me like what, what metric, like I use yards per play as a just, metric, just scoring, scoring, defensive efficiency I, I and it's not even close i don't have the points per game in front of me no it's kentucky well which i think that was that, that surprised the hell out of me when i when i found that out this week I, and i get it's only after five games i get it and i don't against I don't nobody <laughs> that doesn't count the competition either so yeah. uh, that that's a fair thing to say but uh you know i i don't know i if Devin Leary was was a better quarterback, I don't know what. Maybe he's just not good. I don't know. But they didn't even need him last week. So credit credit Kentucky. I'm not trying to downgrade their entire team. But if he was that all ACC type player that he was a couple years ago, they beat Georgia on Saturday. Yeah, I guarantee it. But I don't think he is. So yeah, uh, I, I think that's what's going to hold him back. They're, last week they had to defend eleven because Hugh Freeze, you know, brought that run. RPO game. So Kentucky, that's that's not who they are. So unless they run Devin Leary like crazy, and, and I think they'd be fools to do it because you, you get them killed out there. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a this is potentially a bad matchup, I think, for Kentucky. It's the same it's the same thing we've said for years for Georgia. And and uh Brian Smith says this Georgia will drop one game somewhere, Ken- Kentucky, Mizzou, or Tennessee. I to me it's about the style, styles make fights. And here's the other thing if you're a Georgia fan, this is basically a miniature version of Michigan. A quarterback who's been around a long time but doesn't make elite plays, a really big time running back, a pretty high quality defense. Like they're built like Michigan and wants to play Georgia football. The problem is that's not how you beat Georgia. You have to beat Georgia with, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Brady Cook <laughs> <laughs> or Joe Milton. Come on. Or, or Joe Milton <laughs> or Jackson Dart or CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Like that's how you beat Georgia. You cannot play Georgia's game and expect to out Georgia them. Because they got better players at every position, by and large, than you do. And so I think, listen, I know the point spread is, is um, what's the point spread on that game? 14 and a half. They've, they've largely covered under Mark mm-hmm. Stoops against Georgia the last three years. I, I'm not sure I would take them to cover this week. So we'll see. I think it was a it, hellacious week in Athens, for sure. And, and w- one other thing I'd say, Braden, I mean, again, I, we picked Georgia apart. They're, they're grading. We're, I'm grading them on a different scale because they yep. are number one in all this. But you go on the road, you have multiple turnovers you get outrushed by over 100 yards i believe in one of the most hostile environments in the country and you win the game that that's a sign of a of a good team so yeah that's it, what i'm saying gonna, it's going to take a lot of that for kentucky to, to win this game and and oh yeah it's in athens so they're, they're not going to get that hostile environment obviously the trend line for georgia is the interesting thing to watch they are going to get better and that's the question. And Matt says this, Georgia does not have a better front seven than Kentucky. That might be true right now, and that's all that matters in the game. But by the end of the year, I don't know. And from a talent depth standpoint, certainly not deeper. Maybe the starting seven. I'm not, I, that's fine. Larry's uh, playing possum, Braden. Come on now. Just waiting? Just waiting? <laughs> <laughs> Liam Cohen. Liam Cohen's got him right where they want him. Listen, I, hope, a lot- I hope so. I want a hell of a game. That's what I want. I, I agree. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, okay. Um Quickly here, let's let's get to Bama. They, I don't, there's not a whole lot to say about the Mississippi State game, um, other than Milrow continues to 
be very good at getting out of the pocket and making plays. He's very good at going down the field. He's been very efficient throwing the football, 10 to 12. Again, he's like second in the conference in yards per attempt, which means he is taking shots down the field and then running out of the pocket. And I, I don't want to say the, the phrase, poor man's Michael Vick, but that's what his skill set is. His arm is big. His legs are fast and he plays pretty well, but the offense is still very much a work in progress, but the defense is legit. Like they destroyed Will Rogers. Here's the problem. I have for the entire offseason been picking Texas A&M outright to beat Alabama. And I will do it again. I'm not changing my opinion. A lot of it is based on what you said. Uh, 14 sacks the last two games for Texas A&M. All those five stars are starting to get after the quarterback pretty heavily. I think Milrow does have the skill set to get away. That KJ Jefferson doesn't have that quick twitch thing that Milrow's got. I think here's Texas A&M in a nutshell. They get up for the big game. But Jimbo Fisher has struggled with consistency week in and week out. By the way, you can consult a doctor about that. There's a pill for getting up each weekend. (laughs) They are going to be up for this game. The crowd's going to be up for this game. Max Johnson's got his feet wet. The offense is, they're distributing the the, the ball to all the different weapons. Stewart scores a touchdown and, you know, um, uh, Moss goes for over 100 yards and Anaya Smith has X plays like, they're going to distribute the ball. The defensive line is going to get after Milrow. I think AM wins outright. It's why Vegas has it as a two and a half point spread because they want you to bet on Bama. I think AM wins the game. I think Bama wins the West. What? <laughs> yep. After after losing this. Yep. Uh, is this the biggest game of the Jimbo Fisher era at AM? Possibly. Because there's not as much pressure on them if they lose because nobody. They were picked to be like eight and four, nine and three, and they're still on track to be that. So yeah, I don't but know. no one, no one cares where you were picked, Braden. They care about winning the damn game that's in front of you. They've never won the West. All this nil, all this recruiting, all this money thrown at Jimbo. This is why they give him that money to win this damn game. What if they're and ten and two? Who cares? You lose this game, you're 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 worthless. You're you're dead to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you you got to win the West. You, you this is the last opportunity to do it. And this is not a good Alabama team. I don't care. Yeah, they beat the hell out of Mississippi State. Oh, that's, got, dude, that's, they are getting fan- better and that's better. That's fantastic. You just better. said it yourself. I, you you called him Michael Vick. I I think not not, not as good as my. Come on, you know what? But, don't put words in my mouth there. All right, right. But here's what I'm I'm, I'm sticking because this is SEC show. I don't I don't even know where Michael Vick played. Oh, he reminds me it. of Nick Nick Fitzgerald at. Mississippi State. That that's who he is. That's who he is. I, Nick's, I think Fitzgerald's got more rushing yards as an SEC quarterback than any any. Nick Fitzgerald would lose in a foot race by ten yards to Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow, he was, to- he was fast as him. hell. But the point being is he's limited. He's not going to kill you with his arm. Now, do you? A and M's got such a good front though. It, this is kind of a weird matchup because if you come after him, you potentially leave those rushing lanes open. Uh, but also we've seen Milrow, he's, he, and I don't know if this is him. I'm going to blame Tommy Reese because to hell with Tommy Reese, but I don't think they're <laughs> coaching him that well. He's one read and then he's taken off. That's, that's what he is at this point in time. And I, which is, which is, which is Uh-oh. good enough, he's which, here. Is, which is good here. I'll finish up. Uh, yes. Thank you, Bo. Vic went to Virginia tech. He was a red shirt freshman and played in the 1999 national championship game and almost brought them back to beat Florida state to win it all and completely changed the entire structure of college football offenses and how the quarterback position is played. He has some similarities in how he plays. He cannot throw 
my, short my dick. dog heard you say yeah, Vic. He's, he's scared as hell, you know? <laughs> it's okay. He can't hurt you, boy. I won't let him. He's done his time in Leavenworth. It's okay. All right. Oh, right. <laughs> and now he's a now he's a spokesman for taking care of animals. Anyway, anyway. Um he's not as good in the short to intermediate game. And that's what you have to be if you're gonna beat a pass rush like AM's. And that's why I'm picking out AM to win the game. But here's the thing: Alabama has already handled Ole Miss with relative ease. And Ole Miss looks like it's gonna be one of the top challengers in the West, if not the second or third best team in the division. They get LSU at home. They get Tennessee at home, neither of which look nearly as daunting. Auburn on the road could be a tricky game. I bet you Alabama, I'll bet you anything. This is what happens. Alabama loses this game to AM. They don't win, they don't lose the rest of the season. They win the division. AM slips up somewhere because that's what they do. And Alabama goes to the SEC championship game, loses to Georgia, finishes 10 and 3, mark the tape, 12:30 p.m. Central Standard God's time on October 3rd. So I just think that's I just think that's how I think Bama gets better. I think they rely on their defense. I think the there's nobody like who's gonna like Joe Milton's gonna go into Tuscaloosa and beat them. Give me a break with that. Come on. Maybe Jaden Daniels does, but nobody else does. I'm looking at all these losses. AM, <laughs> Tennessee, LSU. We're not even Kentucky. giving them credit for the win against Mississippi State. <laughs> oh yeah, I forget I forgot to update theirs too, but come on, get it get out of here with that garbage. Auburn, Auburn's coming to life. Come uh, on, Hugh. Arkansas is going to score points with that offensive line against that Alabama defense. Give me a no. I, I didn't. I didn't say Arkansas. That's a, that's a win. I'll give him that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How about Chattanooga? You worried? You think you're going to give him credit a little for that bit? One too? Yeah. You. That was a, the famous line. They UT Chattanooga. They ran through us like shit through a tin horn. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It, uh, is that old Lee Corso? Is that who that is? Um, all right. Seventeen thirteen. A and M wins. And then Bama, Ooh. and then Bama runs the table. I think it's that. more. I think it's more lopsided. I think it's like twenty-three to ten or something. Okay. I, I don't. I. We both agree. You're taking A and M, right? Uh, of course. I am also picking A and M. Two and a half point spread. Max Johnson, don't fuck it up. Just get the ball to the guys that make plays in space. You made you made two just get a field goal. Mis- we'll we'll win with a field goal with this Alabama offense. First one to thirteen wins. You mentioned it, seven sacks for AM against Auburn, seven sacks for AM against Arkansas. Those are just warm-ups for those dudes. Walter Nolan and company Cooper's playing really, really well at linebacker. Like they are playing ball in that front seven, and they're gonna get after Milrow. Milrow's gonna make a few. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. He's out he, now. He's a, he's logged off. AM fan. Um yes. So you think so Bo says so you think AM wins versus Bama and then proceeds to drop two of their remaining games. Oh, he's talking to you. I got you. I got yeah. You, you know what's yeah. funny is uh, I know it's a little off topic, but where my where's my South Carolina Jesse? Where's he at? Where's Ron, the, the Florida man? It's funny. God, I'm so people, tired of being right. I'm so pe- tired. These people are they're in the shadows here. They they are afraid it's to awesome. come out this week. So I don't ex- blame them. I don't so, blame them after all that shit talking. It's so exhausting being right this much. Um, that South Carolina is going to be sixth in the West, in the East because their schedule is too difficult and the offensive line sucks. Um, listen. A&M is still going to do something Texas A&M-ish the rest of the year, but not this weekend because they get up for the big game. They're all five-star recruits. They all got recruited by Bama. They get up for this game every year. They got up for it last year. They got up for it the year before that. They beat them twice. They beat them with Manziel, then they beat them two years ago. Like They get up for the game, and they play up to their potential. They just don't play up to their potential any other time consistently. Well, you've already said they're going to they're going beat Tennessee. You're, you're all, that's another one of your... 
I got my tickets, man. I got my tickets. You want me to come say hi to you? Bring my kids. <laughs> so I mean, how many how many games can they possibly lose? They 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 I'm can try to find their schedule right here. LSU, Ole Miss. Is- they 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 lose games all the time. <laughs> I mean, at at LSU, at Ole Miss, those are two tough road games. At Tennessee, they probably lose a game or two there too. So is, is it possible that they only lose once and then win the West? That's absolutely possible. But we've been saying that we've been saying that about Texas A and M for ten years since Jimmy yeah. up seven years ago. So exactly, you're right. You're right. Uh, yes, Kyle. Thank you, buddy. I see you as well. Um, okay. Do you want to get into who? Who do you want to talk about here? You want to talk Ole Miss, LSU, since that since we're talking about the West. Sure. There you go. Um, all right, Quinshot Junkins, awesome. Uh, Thirteen hundred yards of offense. Typical SEC showdown. Uh, 104 points. Jaden Daniels was electric. Jackson Dart took another step. I, I think LSU has, has, is going to have some issues this weekend stopping Missouri. I don't, here's my thing. I don't know if they have enough. Like, I don't know if a Missouri has enough to win the game be, from an experience standpoint. Does that make sense? Like, statistically. No. Sti- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like working with you. St- statistically. Mm-hmm. There's sort of like nothing on paper from a matchup standpoint. Strength on weakness, strength on strength. Like Missouri's strength on defense matches up well with LSU's strength. Missouri's been very, very good on offense the last three weeks against fairly decent competition, and particularly Memphis and Kansas State. LSU can't stop air. It all says Missouri's the better team. They're at home. The crowd's going to be crazy. This is the biggest home game of Eli Drinkwitz's career, probably. They got Pete Jenkins. Come on now. They're locked down now. <laughs> <laughs> they hired a 90-year-old Divi line coach. But I feel like like LSU, it doesn't make sense for LSU to win the game. But they're a six-point favorite on the road because they're begging you to take Missouri. They're begging you to take Missouri at home, Vegas. Mm. They're be- like To me, there's a we've played in big games, and we know how to handle ourselves in big game type of moments. It's the exact question we were asking about Carson Beck. At least Jaden Daniels has been playing in big games all season. Missouri and losing them well and true and well and and that's not his fault that's the defense's fault and while they beat Kansas State in a critical game it was a 61 yard field goal (laughs) I'm curious how much being in that being comfortable in that moment matters for Missouri versus LSU that's what I'm curious about there's just there's just some bad mojo down there in LSU right now Madhouse God, I mean, he's not the best in the world, but he is—he he shouldn't be this bad. You know what I mean? He's no Bo Pelini. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying down there. I mean, they're, this is Bo Pelini 2.0, which which is yeah. incredible yeah. given this talent that he's got to work with. Um, yeah, God, and I, I don't know. I don't know, Brayden. I think I think Missouri is is just the team to beat. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, they're they're undefeated. And next week may be the real playoff matchup with uh, Mizzou, Kentucky. Who knows? I mean, crazier things have been have been said and, and seen. So I don't know. Uh, this that was is just pretty a- crazy. <laughs> Missouri, Missouri versus Kentucky for a trip to the college football playoff. This is a wild year, man. And, people, and have been, it, people have been committed for less. So. Right. So uh, I mean, they got the thicker kicker. Look at them in the comments there. I mean, if it comes down to a field goal, I'm I'm feeling good. Look, Brady Cook is cooking. I'll say it again. Uh, Luther Burden is Stephon Diggs. I'll say it again. I want I want the receipts. He's unguardable, but he's I unguardable. also I I would say that LSU's receivers are unguardable as well. So 
Also, LSU I, doesn't try to guard anybody, so there's that. I mean, this is going to be the opposite of, of Alabama A&M. This, this is going to be a hell of a lot more fun to watch, Agreed. I would think. Mizzou, LSU may come down to the, the team that, that has the ball. Out. And to your to your point, I guess, um, I mean, if it's a shootout-style game, <laughs> LSU, they're ready. They've, they've done this before. They've, they do it every week, seemingly, and they keep coming up short. Maybe they'll come up uh, ahead on this one, but I don't know. And, I, don't and know. Be- I will say this, too. I'm a little disappointed, Braden. A little bit, just a little bit, in, in Missouri's home field. Because that Kansas State game, I mean, every time Kansas State was making a play, that, that crowd was pretty loud for Kansas. We, we got to stop that shit. We, we can't let LSU take us over. I, I actually visited there this summer. The practice facility is awesome, but the stadium does need some work. It's it's not one of the – I mean, it, like Mississippi State's kind of a similar size, but Mississippi State's way louder for obvious reasons. Um, so let's see what, let's see what it looks like. Um, that's a factor here, but you said they, LSU keeps coming up short. Well, that's not true. They beat the tar out of Mississippi state and they beat Arkansas in a shootout. Yeah, but that wasn't a, sh- that, that Mississippi state wasn't a shootout though. No, what I'm saying is that like, they've been in those moments and won the games or gone on the road in a hostile environment and crushed somebody like they, I don't think we know what, about LSU other than we know they're going to score points. And the question is, is as a program, as an offense, this is the biggest challenge for Brady Cook in his entire career. This is the biggest challenge of Kirby Moore in his entire career. It's the biggest game in Eli Drinkowitz's career. And so all of that either leads to them winning very easily and they just throw it all over the yard against a bad LSU defense, or they get puckered up. We see teams do this all the time in the SEC where it's obvious one team has played better the leading into a game, and then the team that's got a little bit better players, a little bit more experience, figures out a way to win in the fourth quarter. So I... I have no idea. I wouldn't touch this if I was gambling on it. But six and a half is a lot of points to give an LSU team that just gave up six, seven hundred yards of offense. Vegas is telling you, please take Missouri in the six and a half because they build their pyramids out of solid fucking gold because they're right most of the time. Right. But also, I mean, and maybe it's not fair to go back to last year because so many things are different, but. They shit the bed against Tennessee. They shit the bed against AM. They've done it twice against Florida State. I don't know. I mean, I, that's why I say something's up with LSU. They they should not be losing all these games. I, I don't think their program is there yet. From a depth standpoint. I just don't think they're there. I and I think this game means a hell of a lot more to Missouri than it does LSU for for whatever that's worth. No question. I agree. Uh, th- this is about uh, so we, we were asking this question about Carson Beck last week. I think this is the this is a similar question. If you are ready, Missouri, now's your chance. Now's your chance. This is it. And some of us, like you guys included on on your show and on our show, we we said this about Missouri. Like they could be five and zero hosting LSU, and then now you've got the chance in front of you. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to play tight? Are you going to pucker up and 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 miss the throw in the fourth quarter? Are you going to are you going to find Luther Burden and just like exhale and? Kirby and Kirby Moore and Eli and Brady and Luther. It's all real. It's all real, but you got to go out and do it, man. Brady Cook don't get tight. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, his whole his fans booing him. He still goes out there and excels. Yeah, yeah there's no question about there's no question about that. How good is uh how good is old or you you don't you don't make picks on this show, do you, you big baby? Nope. Um I, I, I would take I would not again, wouldn't gamble. Don't like that Vegas is giving LSU that many points. So that tells you they like LSU a lot. Uh, I'll take LSU to win, but in a very close game. Uh, how good is Ole Miss? Not what good. 
No, I don't understand. I don't understand I don't how. Know. I don't know. Here we go. Matt says, "I don't." You put you threw it up there. I don't understand how all these teams can be so talent rich and not have depth. Just terrible development, I guess. I'm not sure. I'd like to know which team he's referring to. All of them: Bama, LSU, Georgia. I'm just Georgia. Kidding, but... <laughs> I was going to say, say, say Tennessee. I don't know. It's all um, graded. It's all graded on a scale, though, right? Like. You know, Braden, everybody makes the excuse, well, we had this guy out, we had that guy out, we had this, and and usually it's just an excuse. But maybe it is valid with Ole Miss because they they all I kept hearing was this pre-scoring tight end. He was he was gonna unlock his offense. And now they got him. Uh Trey Harris, in in you know, we've only seen him a couple times, but he's a he's a big time player. Uh Zachary Franklin. I mean, all, all these guys have been banged up or missing for most of the season. And maybe that unlocks. I mean, I mean, really, what they had to do, they had to get Judkins going, and that's why I picked them to lose to Alabama because I because they had not. And I knew, you know, I talk a lot of shit about Bama, but one thing I do know about them is they got a great defense, and I didn't think they they could get him going in, in that game. So I I didn't even think it'd be competitive, and and quite frankly, it wasn't in the second half. But they got Judkins going against LSU. Now is that because LSU is awful on defense, or is that you know they switched to the pistol formation. They that that worked wonders for them last week. Can they continue that? Because if they can, hell, Ole Miss could win the West for all I know. I mean, I don't I don't think their defense is good enough. But if they score fifty points per game, they can they can play with anybody. I I th- listen. I think you're right about some of the weapons. I think you're right about LSU's defense. I think we're you have to acknowledge the the growth in Jackson Dart. You have to acknowledge Lane Kiffin's ability to scheme. And frankly, they were the kind of the better offense, the better team for most of that game. Like, it, uh, sure, LSU made the huge comeback and three touchdowns in the second and all this other stuff. But like Ole Miss jumped on them and jumped on them early the entire way and never, never backed down. And I give Kiffin a lot of credit for that. And so, again, they're an 11 point favorite this week at home against Arkansas. That's been a crazy bonkers game every year they play. And if they handle their business this week, their backs were against the wall last week. You can throw all the cliches you want out there. They... They got, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. They got dominated in the second half by Alabama. So I don't think you can say they're the best team in the West. They get AM at home, as we've talked about. I think they can win that game. They got to go to Georgia. The problem with Ole Miss is their schedule. It, there's, there's probably an extra loss on there somewhere that we don't know about yet. And that keeps them from winning the division, especially when Alabama already has the tiebreaker. So. Would it be the most Kiffin thing ever to to win last week and then lose this week to Arkansas? Sure, sure. that's how, that's college football, man. At Auburn, are you don't think Auburn fans and and Hugh Freeze and all those guys are pretty fired up for that game with all the backstory? Mm-hmm. Come on now, I mean that that's that's wild egg, to me. The Egg Bowl is always crazy. Well, not yeah. not always, but can be. Yeah, most of the time. Um, and Matt said about the development thing. He was talking about LSU. I just don't think I don't think Brian Kelly's had enough years to recruit his guys yet. I think. And again, it's relative to like twenty. It's a lame, lame excuse. No, no, no. Braden. It's relative. In, in NIL transfer portal. Josh, Josh Hype ain't no. had time, but they they won eleven games. Uh, when you when know. you when you are trying to win national championship, Josh Hype doesn't have enough talent to win a national championship because he hasn't had enough. Yeah, years but that to was wasn't an excuse last year. And they they won big. LSU won the division. I don't know what you want. Ole, like that's the Ole same Miss, thing. Ole Miss won big year two. The the point is, is you cannot. He's asking about depth. And it's not about bad development. It's about if you want to have Bama or Georgia or Ohio State national championship caliber athletes, which at LSU, the standard is 2019 LSU. That's the standard. The depth and talent of LSU, the bar that they're going for is 2019 LSU. They, 
They don't have that depth yet until Brian Kelly has more than one cycle to recruit. Tennessee's bar is not 11 and two getting given up 60 points to South Carolina. Their bar is 1998. (laughs) Their bar is win the national championship. And neither of those two teams have enough talent yet to win the national championship. I think it's pretty obvious. Maybe he just, they just don't have that family culture down there. That's, that's terrible. (laughs) That's terrible. Go talk to your dog for a few minutes. Sit a few plays. (laughs) Mona, sit a few plays out, Brick. (laughs) Hey, just watch that. That's a good movie. It, yeah, it is very good. Very underrated. That escalated quickly. Um, Brick, I think you killed a man. Um, all right. Tennessee's going to win the SEC West. They did last year. That, 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 that's And you know what? If I've ever heard an argument for getting rid of divisions, because Tennessee would have played in the SEC championship game last year, probably had another loss, but they would have made the playoff. Jason and, doesn't get it. Poor Jason. Oh, come on, Jason. Anyway, they would have finished number two in the SEC with no divisions last year. They would have played mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game, rematched against Georgia, and they would have made the playoff regardless of what they did in that championship game against Georgia in the new format. And that is what would be would have been fun. Now, if Hendon Hooker was healthy, sure, maybe they have a chance in some of those games in the playoff. You gotta have you gotta have one to eighty five. It can't be transfer portal band aids. You gotta recruit dudes from one to eighty five to win natties. That's it. What about TCU, Braden? TCU went all the way. Then they lost by 100. But. Do I need to ask you to, what happened in the game, or are we good? <laughs> That's just what people say. TCU, no, it ain't true. It, it, also, here's the deal, and this is, a, this is the truth about TCU. It is the most unprecedented story maybe in all of college football. Had, had they won that game, which, of course, they were 100 points away from doing. Mm-hmm. No, no one's – like – you look at recruiting rankings. No one has won a national championship recruiting outside of the top 15 since like Georgia Tech in 1990. It, it, it is, it's been like 30 plus years since somebody that wasn't a top 12, top 15 recruiter won a national championship. So uh, Tennessee's not there yet. LSU's not there yet. You got to have the coach recruit three to four classes, top 12, top 15 before you even got a chance. And it doesn't mean you can't have great teams like Matt Corral's team or Kentucky this year or whoever, Missouri, but you cannot win a national championship without great players. You got to have great players. I don't know about that. Sorry. Yeah, don't let facts get in the way. (laughs) Don't let facts get in the way. Oh, man. Uh, Any upsets this week? Arkansas, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Georgia. Uh, West. How about this? Western Michigan at Mississippi State. There's There's a W that Zach Arnett desperately needs. Well, I mean, technically, is an A and M? Wouldn't that be an upset? Or, I mean, I don't really think so. But the but the point spread says it would be. Don't you need something that's doesn't it need to be more than like a seven point spread and on the like to be an upset? Honestly, I mean, I guess I know I, I agree with you. Yeah. technically no, it, it is, but yeah. Well, Mizzou then, how about that? That that would count. I think that would count. Seven six and a half seven point spread. I think that would count. I and still I, can't believe that number. I'm not picking Arkansas ever again. I don't think this year, but. That that wouldn't stun me. I certainly am not going to. I just said I'm not picking it, but I, I don't. I mean, Arkansas. Ugh. You know, they're scoring. It, it, this is interesting. Shout out to uh, my buddy Dave Bartusi at B Matrix. He, he sent me over the the scoring efficiencies. They're exactly the same as they were last year in the scoring efficiency. Now, the sket. I mean, they they shouldn't have lost to BYU, but you you got beat by LSU and and A and M. So everyone's freaking out, but. The scoring efficiencies says they're they're exactly who they were last year. Uh, and last like year when, was a down year, though. So 
Well, and and Pitt, like Pittman's under some pressure. I don't think we like him so much in, as a person, but like eventually you can't just keep going six and six. Although six and six is still a significant improvement on Chad Morris. Shout out to Chad Morris. Um, I, I think for, first of all, we we have not talked Tennessee. Uh, somebody did say my Vols crushed the bye week. Yes, that's right. Undefeated against the bye week. I think Maryland is Maryland playing uh, Michigan. Is that right? I, I, I'm, I can't remember mm-hmm. who, who they play this week. Um, what I think is interesting about Tennessee, r- run the football, pressure the quarterback. That's all fair and good against South Carolina. Like I, I, I think A&M, we just talked about it, that defensive front, because that game is going to be a 3.30 kickoff. I, unfortunately, I'm sorry to all Tennessee fans. I am taking my daughters to their first ever game at Neyland Stadium. We got our tickets. We're going, me and the wife and, a, and another couple who both, all four of us graduated from Tennessee. And there's no better way to train them to be Tennessee fans than with utter and complete disappointment. So I am almost, unfortunately, assuring Tennessee fans a defeat by just being in the building. Uh, but if, if A&M somehow beats Alabama this week, like we're, we both think, that game is going to be insane. How about this, though, Braden? Two but weeks to prepare. Wait. Obviously, two weeks to prepare. They got Cooper Mays back. They got Mincy at right tackle. I mean, that was clearly the, the best offensive line performance of the season. Again, against South Carolina, who who's awful against the run. So let's not let's not crown them. But two Helps weeks to have prepare. your center back. Yeah, Cooper Mays. You know, yeah. fir- first yeah. game. Now he's got two weeks. Let's let's say they do it again. Let's say they and, and you know everyone likes to criticize Joe Milton. They don't like to say well. He he's probably was close to a season-ending injury. They didn't run him at all against South Carolina. He's got the brace on. Uh, he'll have time to heal. Maybe they can he can run a little bit more against A and M. And if they beat A and M, that's a, that's a huge if because I think that's that's going to be a major major advantage. I think A and M on the line of scrimmage. But if Tennessee holds their own, hell, last year Alabama had a huge advantage. I thought on, on that line of scrimmage, and Tennessee owned their ass. Now. One guy was a top ten pick, and he he's obviously not on the roster anymore. But if they, they're not going to manhandle a And M. I think even the most, you know, diehard Vol is not going to say that. But if they if they held their own and they win the rushing advantage and they beat a And M, could we buy into the fact that, you know, Tennessee's for real? Maybe and, you, and maybe maybe that Florida game was an outlier. No maze, no no Mincy because he was suspended. If you can run the football in Texas A&M, you can probably run it on almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe Georgia aside, but right now Auburn Auburn showed us that maybe you could do that if you can do it the right way. Um, the problem is Milton is not like an RPO guy like Hennon right. Hooker was. That's he's sort of a different type of athlete. Um, but I I agree with your basic point. If you can line up and 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 most of my my buddies in like the text thread and stuff about Tennessee football is like it's like dude what like. Why, why is Samson not getting the ball more? Run the football. Run the effing football. And when that game was not, it wasn't really ever close, but there were some moments there where after, I think it was Mario Anderson went for like 85 yards or whatever, and it was kind of a, you know, like a one-ish, two-score two game. I can't remember what the exact score was. I just remember thinking like, guys, what what are you doing? Because Joe Milton had thrown a couple of intercepts. It's like, th- run the damn football. And between the tackles, run the football between the tackles. You have three running backs, and if Tennessee can do that against AM, then they should be able to do it against Kentucky. And they should be able to do it against other teams that they're going to. Missouri's got a pretty good front seven. Kentucky's got a pretty good front set. Like Tennessee's front sevens coming up on their schedule are very, very good. I, th- I think the difference, though, there is that, that being at home. And I keep saying this, and I'm just going to repeat myself because it's 
seems to be one of the one things I've gotten right this year. I think home field is is massive. You know, quarterback play, obviously, but you know who gets hot. But getting A and M at home, it that's a different animal than playing in the swamp for that offensive line. For even playing in Lexington, playing in Columbia. Well, no, no, Cooper playing, Mays in that game too. Playing in Tuscaloosa. It's, it's going to be a lot more difficult on the offensive line in, in those matchups than it will, even though A&M, I think, has got the best defensive front they're going to see. Being at home, I, I think, could be a, a huge difference maker. Do you remember early in the in, in the season, maybe right before the season, we talked about Tennessee, and I said the one thing that has sort of held up, held true against the Josh Heupel offense, whether he was the coordinator at Missouri, UCF, or Tennessee, is that when they have less talent, in particular along the line of scrimmage, and can't run the football – the offense doesn't work. And so far, that the only time that they lost the line of scrimmage battle is when they got their faces punched in. And they and some of that, to your point, is hostile road environment. That's Cooper Mays not playing. It, it's it's a lot of things. But right now on paper, there are a few teams that match up with Tennessee's offensive line. Again, Missouri's D-line, Kentucky's D-line, Georgia's D-line, A&M's D-line. They're all on the schedule. Bam, <laughs> so, Bama? Did you say Bama? Bam, I didn't even say Bama. <laughs> like they, they've got it's murderers row of front sevens coming up for Tennessee. So we're going to learn about Josh Heupel. We're going to learn about the offensive line. We're going to learn about Joe Milton. And right now, their strength, their schedule, they they have not played any really good football teams. They like Florida is the best team they played. Certainly the most hostile environment. Uh, but I I don't they, they haven't proven anything to me yet. Now other, than, flip, other than the, in a negative way against Florida. Let's flip it the other way because, you know, I was poking fun at these fans. I, I don't even think they're on here, so I don't know who this is for. But South Carolina, Florida, are, are you freaking out about either one of those? Because I, I would say South Carolina, I get it. This is not where you wanted to be, but this is where sensible people projected you. Now, maybe yeah. not losing to North Carolina, but Georgia, Tennessee, very unlikely in my mind that you were going to win either one of those games. So I'd, I'm not freaking out. They start slow every year under Beamer. They get better. Spencer Rattler, you know, we got to protect him, but he's still, he's playing at an elite level. Didn't look like it on Saturday night, but that's because they were all over his ass on on, on every play. Uh, to me, like you said, sensible people, which I'm not sure I am, but South, I had South Carolina when I, when I did out, when I wrote out my, 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 my whole deal, I had South Carolina sixth in, mm -hmm. in the West at SEC media days. And it's not necessarily because of Shane Beamer or because of Spencer Rattler. Some of it, what maybe it was, some of it was Rattler and wondering about the consistency, but he's, he's been pretty good. You know, Florida beat the tar out of them last year. And I expect that game to go. I, I expected them to switch the Florida and the Tennessee games, right? Like the revenge sort of on the mind for both teams in those situations. I just don't think South Carolina is there yet. They've done it. So the first two years, Shane Beamer did it with a lot of, uh, smoke and mirrors is sounds disrespectful. It's not meant to be. It's great game management, great it's situational decision making. It's great special teams. They figure out ways to win football games, and their schedule is incredibly difficult this year. Right. And sensible people looked at their roster. I talked to people that covered the team that were at practice that they're like, if they get to seven or eight wins, this will be a, an incredible accomplishment for Shane Beamer. So I'm not panicking at all. I just think it's a, a part of their their natural up and down. It, Florida you got the win over Tennessee. Like you, if, if they finish six and six or whatever number this year, what if they're four and eight though? I mean, I, cause I, mean, I that's think different. That's, I, that's different. I think that's realistic. I mean, I hate I to say know. it. We'll I mean, so, their, look at this thing. I mean, my God, I mean, Vanderbilt, I mean, that's Vanderbilt's a win, right? Vanderbilt's a win. Arkansas at home. You just said State. they're going to get their ass kicked by South Carolina. 
I, I, I think that was my my. That's a thought. That's exactly <laughs> what you said. Georgia loss, Arkansas. Uh, that's that's suddenly a must win at LSU at Missouri. They're which at is least always, five and always. I mean, is that? Sorry. I mean, five and seven. Is that cutting it? I mean, especially if they're getting their ass kicked by any of these by by Georgia, Florida State, LSU. Well, if you give them if you give them Vanderbilt and Arkansas. All you got to do is win one other game, and then all of a sudden you're six and six. So I, 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 I reserve the right to change my opinion. I mean, is that good? Six and six is good. No, but that's what they were projected to be. This is the same conversation we just had about South Carolina. Like not after they beat Tennessee, hell, but a lot of people are saying this is a team. This is the second best team in the East. Well, that's because football is stupid. Fans are <laughs> overreact, and football is a liar. Football is a giant. Do people not know this as fans? Football lies to you every week. And you don't know what you are, what you are good at, what you're bad at until you see it over a body of work. You just don't know. Football lies to you every single Saturday. They lie. To, it lies to you. And that's what I makes can't imagine one Florida fan that's happy with six and six after in year two of a coach. Dude, you and I had this conversation like a hundred times in the offseason. I don't know how I, if they recruit, if they go six and six with a win over Tennessee and have a top 10 recruiting class. Fire him. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> it's not awful. It's what this is Dan Florida Mullen. Gators. There's we got context. Ele- there is we, context. Well, guess what, Brady? We got eleven Power Five next season. I, oh, is it going to be any better? That's the whole point. You have to show growth, but you have to have players. And as much as I think Dan Mullen is one of the great offensive minds of our generation, dude could not recruit to save his life. The cupboard was so much more bare that Florida than anyone imagined. They, Hell, he no, did they didn't even have any practice facility until recently. He he recruited at state. I'll give him that. He left Joe Moorhead in an elite team. He just that guy couldn't coach for shit. He, you laugh. He had four first round picks on that team, on the on one side of the ball. Yeah, are you talking about Jeffrey Simmons, <laughs> the guy who happens to be here in Nashville? Simmons, yeah, the Raiders uh, safety, Sweat. I mean, they were loaded. Yeah, well, I again loaded for Nick Fitzgerald. Stop! It. I can't believe I can't believe Stop you disrespect it. Nick Fitzgerald like that. Dak Prescott. Three star recruit. Every every they were like they were like Kentucky. They were a developmental program because Dan Mullen was a great play caller and got good quarterbacks and developed quarterbacks, which is what he's great at. Kyle Trask mm-hmm. at Florida almost mm-hmm. won the SEC championship. I'll remind you. I the, the Anthony could Richardson, not recruit. I think was also a three star. Couldn't recruit. I, I five star guys. Couldn't recruit. Five star guys. Don't don't need them. At Florida, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I crazy, Braden, that uh, you know. I don't want to see any of these guys get fired, but if someone gets fired in the SEC, whether it's you know Pittman or hell, I don't I don't know who else. But the, on, the only one right now is Pittman that could happen. I, I they, think Dan, Dan Mullen's an upgrade over about half the coaches in the league right now. Oh man, I mean, about three years ago, I would have I would have completely agreed with you and screamed about how right you are about that because I there's very few people that appreciate Dan Mullen's offense more than I do and have said as many times as much as I do. But you gotta if they if he doesn't hire like Nick Saban level recruiting assassins, I I don't I don't know man like he learned his lesson he'll do it next time I'm sure 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 <laughs> I, do I think that Arkansas could do a lot worse than Dan Mullen sure I agree I agree with that I, I mean mm-hmm. I, I think that's that that's fair uh, yeah exactly Bo that's exactly right Mullen is the epitome of the inverted version of Jimbo Fisher. He, he hires Jimbo to be his recruiting uh, director. <laughs> After Jimbo gets axed. But Dan Mullen is hired at Texas A&M to be the head coach and then brings on Jimbo Fisher to be his recruiting coordinator. Yeah, that'll be right. that I mean that's All a right. championship 
program right there. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's like a, it's very spurrier of him. Or Saban. Hire Saban as his defense coordinator. <laughs> I mean, that's realistic. Because he's getting fired too. <laughs> Obviously. He'll, he'll step down. They'll force it, force his hand. We got to get Sark back, you know? Oh, man. Can you, After they okay, go eight and four. For, for the sake of content, let's mm-hmm. just let our brains wander for two seconds and we'll end on this note because it's going to be a great weekend in college football. Can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for all your comments. Please jump over to the 440 Sports YouTube page, by the way. We got game previews each and every week in the SEC. Hit that subscribe button. We really could use your support. And then, of course, the podcast, SEC Football Live. Um, just let this Just let this wash over you for a second. Nick Saban, for whatever reason, decides that the, it's the end. He's retiring. I'm going to walk away. They lose three games this year. <gasps> Gasp, because they lose to Georgia. In October? In the, you can let me finish my spiel. I was on oh, a roll. Sorry. I was on a roll. They get to they get to Atlanta. They're ten and two in the regular season. They lose to Georgia. They, they're ten and three. They've lost five times in two years. <gasps> Saban says, "You know what? I'm getting old. I want to be a grandfather." I want to spend time with my grandkids. I'm going to walk away. He decides to retire. And as Texas is joining the SEC, Steve Sarkeesian leaves to go to Alabama. And we have one of the great, absolutely amazing off-season content storylines in the history of the SEC. Just let your brain think about it. I think Texas is a better job than Bama. Well... That's and, and not true. With the, with the caveat of replacing Saban, there there's no there's that's not even debatable. Texas he, better job. He, he, well, here's what the debate, and you're wrong. Alabama has all the championships because right. they are aligned. Texas has too many cooks in the kitchen. They you don't understand this. I lived in Austin for three years. the The amount of booster meddling. This is Auburn level of booster meddling. This was Tennessee pre Dondi Plowman and Dan White booster level meddling. They think they run things, and they cannot get out of their own way at Texas. And that has been the reason that the Looks most like power they're out of the way now. Maybe you're right, but if Steve Sarkeesian is the reason that happened, and then he leaves, in theory, Texas should be the most powerful job in college football. It should be number one. It's the most powerful athletic department in the country financially. They can't get out of their own way. It is too much Auburn behavior, and it's. It's all behind the scenes. It's all power struggle, power struggle. I want my voice. I spent money on this. I get to have a say. I want to talk to the coach. I want to play golf with the coordinator. It's all that shit. And it's what it's, you know, it doesn't happen at Georgia and Alabama. Any of that doesn't happen. Hmm. Alignment. Alignment. They also fire your ass if you only win 10 games in the new SEC. You know what I mean? I don't. What are you, what are you referring to? If, if, Sark goes to Bama and go three years averages ten wins a season. And they don't win a championship. They'll probably fire his ass. So he goes. He goes ten and two, ten and two, ten and two. He gets fired. You think? Yeah, because <laughs> they're like, what the hell is this? We we expect more. I, I don't think so. But I get your point. The pressure is high, no question. But the alignment for Alabama and Georgia, there is a reason that the two greatest dynasties in the history of the sport have happened in the same building. There's See, a reason. There's a reason. After they hire Mark Stoops and he fails miserably in, in <laughs> year three at Bama, that then you hire Sark because you don't you don't want to be the guy that replaces Saban. You want to be That's the true. guy that replaces the guy. Well, and if the powers that be change over, if there's turnover at the top of Alabama, then Kiffin's the guy. <laughs> but but not with the current people in charge. <laughs> and yeah, if you know, no. and if you know, then you know. Uh, all right. Uh, otherwise, 
I think you guys have a great one. Enjoy the weekend. Should be a ton of fun. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Of course, we do appreciate it. Uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, Michael. Always always fun. Uh, Mark Rick got fired for winning ten games a year at Georgia for three years. He knows. Nathan he, knows. He, he that's not what happened, and we'll save it for next week. They had a chance. <laughs> they had a chance to hit a real tiny bullseye to recruit better and win better, and they took their chance because otherwise, Kirby Smart would be at South Carolina. And they'd be a dynasty. (laughs) Have a great week.